The Israel-Hamas ceasefire has been extended just minutes before it was due to expire. Israel's military says a truce with Hamas will continue in light of the mediator's efforts to continue the process of releasing hostages. It comes just an hour after Hamas released a statement saying discussions were at an impasse because Israel had declined to receive seven women, child hostages and the bodies of three others the group says were killed during Israel's bombardment. It is understood there was debate between Israel and Hamas over the names of the hostages due to be released. On each day of the ceasefire, Israeli hostages taken by Hamas during the October 7 attacks were traded for Palestinian prisoners. Up to 200 aid trucks a day have also been crossing into Gaza, but that's still woefully short of what is needed, according to aid groups. Doctors treating the wounded in Gaza are appealing for some of the most basic supplies like gauze burn cream, pins and fixtures for broken limbs. Dozens of aid workers have also been killed in the war on Gaza. Two Médecins Sans Frontières doctors and a colleague were killed in a missile strike on a hospital in northern Gaza earlier this month. And joining us now from Jerusalem is Dr Natalie Thurtle, MSF Deputy Medical Coordinator for the Emergency Response in Gaza. Hello, Doctor. Hi. First off, our condolences on the sad loss of your colleagues. This must be an incredibly difficult thing for everybody to deal with. Thank you. Yeah, it's been extremely challenging for the team um, because we lost those two colleagues. They were killed, but we also had our convoy come under attack and we... Uh, during that attack, two additional relatives of our staff were killed. Um, so it's been a really uh, challenging week for, for our staff. Um, and it's obviously had a knock-on impact on our ability to, to treat patients and, and provide the services that we normally provide in Gaza. I wonder, what is your response to the news that there is an extension to the ceasefire? It is only another day, it seems, at this point. So we welcome any extension to the current pause in hostilities, uh, but it's not enough. We need a permanent ceasefire to um, really start to address any of the need in a meaningful way in Gaza. Our team are working in southern Gaza in Nasser Hospital. They're providing uh, burn surgery and um, outpatient burn care, but the need is absolutely overwhelming and it's impossible to meet that need because the healthcare infrastructure in Gaza has been systematically destroyed. So there's less than half the number of inpatient beds that there were prior to the war start. There's, uh, as you mentioned, a loss of uh, a large number of healthcare professionals related to the conflict. Um, And the hospitals that are there are really limping along with minimal supplies because the border is very narrow and it's very difficult for, uh, very tight for um, trucks to get in. There's hundreds of trucks even now with the ceasefire still um, clogged up at the border. And so it's an extremely challenging landscape for the people of Gaza to try and access meaningful healthcare in a context where they've um, had a huge increase in demand for emergency healthcare because you've got hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of injured uh, people and almost half of whom are children. It sounds utterly overwhelming and difficult for people who are not there to comprehend. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's hard to um, to visualize somehow the level of destruction. Um, but the very basic things are missing. I had a call yesterday morning from our staff member, the staff member in the north who was leading our staff when they were trapped and led them finally mostly to safety. Uh, so uh, he reported that in where he's sheltering, he has no uh, blankets, no mattress, no medical box, no um gas to cook anything on and we as msf have been trying for the whole time that he's been there to try to get those kind of non-food items very very basic things in the winter to him and his family and we haven't been able to do that because of the situation so it's it's really uh, extreme in terms of the lack of very basic things that are required and this is a member of staff of ours and so the for people who um you know the general population of gaza things that uh, are really uh, disastrous at this time you mentioned the trucks there have been more able to come through during the ceasefire but are the medical supplies reaching you so we are getting some things in um but as i said it's just not enough so um we at present are able to work and we are doing sort of 10 to 15 burn surgeries per day at Nassau Hospital, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but as I mentioned, it's just really challenging with the current infrastructure to to be able to do those surgeries. And some of them are extremely long and complicated because people haven't been able to access healthcare, so they've now got infected uh, rotting limbs to be honest and and they need a very extensive surgery related to uh, war war trauma um, that takes a very long time and takes quite a bit of expertise so our our capacity to quickly um, provide high volumes of healthcare is not there partly because of the, the constraints with resourcing but also partly because of the complexity of the injuries that, that that we're seeing in these delayed presentations where people haven't been able to access any meaningful care. So people can understand better burns you're seeing so many cases of burns this is the aftermath of missile strikes is it? Yeah these are all explosive injuries related to airstrikes and that's the primary injury pattern we're seeing. I have seen videos on social media, posts from doctors who were working in the area, and they are pleading for some very, very basic things. Burn cream. Yeah, um, we do have access to burn cream, and so we're privileged in that regard. The one, the thing to note is that it's extremely difficult to move supplies around inside Gaza because of the security. So that's become a little bit easier during the ceasefire. Um, but my understanding is that aid trucks were held up trying to reach the north. So the north is still very cut off, um, and the Israelis have tried to prevent people going north and and have. Uh, um, held up aid trucks going north during this process Um, and it's not uh, as I mentioned because of the massive deficits over a long period of time it's just not clear um, you know what the needs are and and where they are and so it's very kind of patchy for aid to reach the, the people that it needs to reach. Do you think the staff that you have there will remain if the ceasefire does not hold? 
the staff we have in so we have staff primarily now in NASA hospital in the south um we aim to stay there to provide health care um I think none of us can know what's going to happen in in the near future and certainly the concern is that the situation that happened in the north you know could also happen in the south um if the ceasefire does not hold so I think we have to take it one day at a time but we have a very um detailed and extensive security analysis on each situation so we'll continue to work in the way that we have done for the last 50 years looking at at security but it is it it is very challenging and and nowhere is safe in Gaza so um, it is really hard to continue to be in place and to continue to offer healthcare in this sort of context and and we know that that we've been deliberate deliberately targeted um throughout this conflict so it's extremely challenging to to make the decision to to stay there I wonder these are doctors and other medical professionals and but this is a, an extreme environment. How are they supported? I mean, mentally, with everything they see and are doing from from day to day. So, honestly, for our local staff, it's extremely difficult to provide meaningful support for the level of trauma that they've gone through. It's totally life changing, um, and. We do absolutely offer mental health support. We have psychologists available for them to connect with. Um, And we train our international staff in how to support um, uh, very traumatised local staff uh, in the acute setting. But there's no way to erase what's happened to them. Um, They've lost their homes. They've lost... um, uh, children in many cases they've lost colleagues they've we've lost the entire pro- program that we've spent years building the very intricate medical program um, that they had invested years in building um, and so it's it, it, it's very hard to recover from from that in a meaningful way and we'll, we can provide all the support in the world but unless this stops there's no chance for for our staff to have a meaningful recovery. Natalie, can people listening do anything to help? I think people, uh, what I would ask people to do is to read and learn about the situation. I think there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation on on, uh, this conflict. Um, So I really urge people to identify news sources that are credible and, and really read a bit about this because it, it, and it's one of the reasons that we're, doing interviews and speaking up because we're directly witnessing what's going on on the ground. Um, it's important as humans and as humanitarians um, that we understand the level of destruction um, and and the man-made humanitarian crisis that is unfolding in Gaza. Nothing can excuse that. Um, and and we really need to uh, honour our fellow humans by, by understanding the, the nature of what's happening to them right now. We wish you and your team all the best. Thank you for your time. That is Dr Natalie Thurtle, MSF, Deputy Medical Coordinator for the Emergency Response in Gaza.